me ask you a question. Have you ever tried to introduce scissors to your kids and then wondered, what in the world was I thinking? Or maybe you've even had to make that dreaded phone call to a parent to let them know that their little angel cut their own hair, or worse yet, somebody else's hair. I'm your host, Vanessa Levin, and on this podcast, I'm going to share the tools and training you need to teach better, save time, and live more. If you're ready to get started teaching smarter, not harder, then head over to prekpages.com to learn more. I get lots of questions about how to teach scissor skills to young children. Questions like, at what age should I introduce scissors? Or, why can't my kids cut with scissors? And here's the thing, teaching scissor skills to young children in preschool, pre-K, or even kindergarten is not easy. It's no secret that those children who struggle to hold a pencil or a crayon, zip their pants, or lace beads are the very same ones who also struggle with scissors. That's because their fine motor skills haven't been developed yet. Now, just to make sure we're all on the same page, the term fine motor skills refers to the small muscles in the hands that will eventually be necessary for holding a writing tool, like a crayon or a pencil, and of course, eventually for writing. Fine motor skills also play a crucial role in self-help skills, like putting on one's own clothes, snapping, buttoning, and even twisting the cap on and off a tube of toothpaste. So now that we know what fine motor skills are and why they're important, I propose that there are many things you should do before you ever put scissors in the hands of young children. So one of the most beneficial things you can provide your kids with that will help develop those fine motor skills in their hands is Play-Doh. I know, so simple, right? but also so powerful. That's why it is a must have in every single early childhood classroom and program. So one of the first things that I like to do with kids, aside from just giving them Play-Doh and letting them play with it, there is great value in that, by the way. As children hold Play-Doh in their hand and they squeeze it, they're often developing a lot of those skills that are necessary for eventually holding those writing tools. So just playing with it is great fine motor practice. If you wanna take it another step further, just having kids put a lump of Play-Doh on a table and then using golf tees. Now you can often get very cheap golf tees at the dollar store and they're probably not good for playing golf, but they sure are good for using in the early childhood classroom. Or you can order them on Amazon. I have a colorful set that I'm using to demonstrate for our viewers here that I got on Amazon for a very inexpensive price. And as children push the golf tees into the Play-Doh, they also have to pull to remove them. And that is great fine motor practice. Also, as they pick up and grasp the golf tees, that's more fine motor because they're using the same fingers to pick up the golf tees that they would use to hold a pencil. So golf tees, that's one of my favorite tips. Another thing that young children can do with Play-Doh is to cut it with dough scissors. 
And one of the things I like to invite them to do is to roll the Play-Doh. I usually tell them to make snakes, right? And as they roll the Play-Doh back and forth with their hands to make snakes, they're actually rolling the Play-Doh across the arch in their hand. If you hold your hand out flat in front of you and you run the index hand of your other finger across the palm of your other hand, right? You can feel that it's concave, right? There's a dip in the middle of your palm. That's because you have muscles there that are supporting your hand and your fingers as you move your hand. In little kids, this area of the palm that is concave on adults is actually puffy on children, especially those children who have poorly developed fine motor skills. And this is this just indicates when we see those puffy palms that their muscles aren't well developed yet in their hands. So rolling Play-Doh with palms can actually put pressure on that area and help develop those muscles. Now, another thing that my students have always loved is using dough scissors, dough scissors. Now, dough scissors, Basically, they don't have metal blades. They're just plastic, so they don't cut anything except Play-Doh. So I have them roll snakes with their Play-Doh, and then they can practice their cutting skills with these dough scissors. And my kids love to roll snakes and cut dough. And then all the little pieces they cut, they like to pretend they're making soup or macaroni. Um, they get very, very creative with this. And they can roll the snakes as thin or as thick as they like. There's nothing more exciting for a child when it comes to using scissors than to cut Play-Doh with them. So you can find dough scissors. Um, on Amazon, and I'm sure there are other outlets out there that have them as well, but I got mine on Amazon. They come in a bunch of bright colors, and I just put them in my Play-Doh area in my classroom, whether you have a Play-Doh tub, a tray, or a whole separate center just for Play-Doh. I put them in there and allow children to experiment with them. So another thing you can do with Play-Doh that's super helpful for young children is to invite them to use rolling pins to roll the Play-Doh flat, right? And that's quite often why you see rolling pins in the early childhood classroom. It's to provide the children with the opportunity to roll the Play-Doh with their hands and when they're rolling the Play-Doh. So you're asking, probably wondering, why this is such a great fine motor activity. So when children are gripping each end of the rolling pin, they are holding onto it with their hands, they're using those muscles, and as they roll, I try to encourage them to use their palms on those handles on each end of the rolling pin because again, they're exercising that arch or the arch that we hope that they'll have in the middle of their hands. And you can also get rolling pins um, with different textures on them. And I've got pins that, rolling pins that have wavy textures and some that make um, grids and so forth. And that's just an extra element that you can add to your Play-Doh Center is to provide your students with with rolling pins that have these different textures on them to create interest and variety in the center. So rolling pins, dough scissors, and golf tees are some of my favorite 
Play-Doh activities to strengthen fine motor skills. Now, another way that you can provide your students with opportunities to develop fine motor skills is to make things fun and playful. So when children use tongs or tweezers, right? That's another reason why we see tongs or tweezers a lot in the early childhood classroom. That's because they are practicing their fine motor skills when they use these things. So for our viewers here, I'm holding a pair of gator grabbers. That's just a brand name of early childhood friendly tweezers here. And they fit nicely in the child's hand and they have these little grippers here so that they can easily grip things. And what I like to do is to provide my students with some pom-poms and they can use the gator grabbers to grab the pom-poms. And then I invite them to fill each slot in an ice cube tray, right? So they just pick up the pom-poms and with the tweezers and they place them into the ice cube tray, right? It sounds like such a simple activity, but the truth is that something as quick, easy, and simple as this is actually a really, really impactful way for children to, to develop those muscles in their hands. And as you can see, if you're a viewer, when you squeeze these gator grabbers or tongs or tweezers, um, you're developing those muscles right here in between your index and your thumb that they're going to need to be strengthened in order to hold writing tools um, with enough pressure to create marks on paper. And if you don't have any tongs or tweezers, guess what? The dollar store is your friend and using clothespins works just as well. They're still exercising those same muscles in their hands when they squeeze a clothespin as they are when they're using those tweezers. And they work just as well to pick up the pom-poms and take them in and out of the ice cube tray. Next up, we have an activity that you may consider art, but it's actually perfect for practicing fine motor skills. And using those white round coffee filters, the super cheap kind that you can get at the dollar store, um, we're gonna take a pipette or an eyedropper if you have eyedroppers at your disposal as well. And we're gonna put it in some watercolor. Some, I put some watercolors inside of a cup, like a paint cup here. And as children pinch the pipette and the pipette draws the, um, the colored water into it, now they can decorate their coffee filter. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see what that does. And it absorbs into the coffee filter and makes beautiful designs. And so one thing you could do in your art center, right? Because this is open-ended art, right? You could put a bunch of different colors of watercolor along with your pipettes or your eyedroppers, and they could just dip their pipette into the different colors and drop it all over the cheap coffee filters that you cut at the dollar store to create very beautiful creations. You could then turn the coffee filters into flowers to decorate your classroom, right? I just twist them up at the bottom and attach a, a pipe cleaner and you can make bouquets, you can decorate bulletin boards, anything that you want. And I just make sure that I let them dry and they only take about 10 minutes at the most to dry because they are coffee filters after all 
But again, this is a great fine motor activity for your students, but it's also open-ended art. And as the students squeeze the pipette or the eyedropper, they're again using those very same fingers that they're going to use to eventually hold a writing tool in their hands and of course eventually write. Once your students have practice with some of those very simple activities that I just shared with you, then you might wanna move on to the next level, which isn't quite cutting with scissors or writing just yet, but maybe some hole punches or some paper punches. Now, hole punches, they take some skill, so first we're gonna to wanna to develop those fine muscles in their hands using those super simple activities I shared, but then you can move on to a hole punch and invite them to punch holes in colored paper, preferably something a little thicker than copy paper, something like construction paper or cardstock, because that gives it a little more resistance. It's much easier to work with for young children. And they love to hole punch colored paper, and then you can have them do it like over your sensory bin or a dish tub, and they can collect all the little circles in there. And then I put a bucket of those circles in my art center for open-ended collage art materials. So that is a really fun, very inexpensive and easy way to stock your art center and practice fine motor skills at the same time. And of course they make really cool paper punches in a variety of different shapes. They make all sorts of shapes like snowflakes and trees and squares and all different kinds of shapes. And I collect those from various inexpensive sources, a lot of times from the dollar store. And I put those in my art center because of course we always want to promote open-ended art and we always want materials for collages in the art center, but it's kind of my sneaky way of getting in extra fine motor practice. And so I invite them to punch paper as much as they want. Now you will be surprised at how long your kids will do this. So if you're looking for an activity that's great for fine motor but also lengthens their attention span, then this is one for you. I have had three-year-olds in a mixed-age classroom come into the classroom, see their older peers using the hole punches or paper punches, and then be drawn to it like moths to flame. And then my three-year-olds stayed in that center for 25 minutes. Now, if you've ever taught a three-year-old for more than a hot minute, you know that that is incredible stamina for a three-year-old. It is so fascinating to them that they can cut paper in this way, or punch paper rather. They just love it. So just put out some hole punches or some craft punches from the craft store along with some colorful paper and you have a really fun and engaging open-ended activity that's also going to stock your art center. Now here's a question I get quite often from teachers when they're starting to work on fine motor skills with their students and when they're doing activities like using tongs or um, clothespins or things like that. And that question is, what if they have to use two hands? And you see this a lot with paper punches and hole punches too. And if they use two hands, first of all, it's not the end of the world. And second of all, that is information that I can use, right? That information tells me that the muscles in their hands are very weak. If they need two hands to use a hole punch or a paper puncher, um, that tells me that they need a lot more practice. So children who use two hands, I don't tell them, hey, just use one hand. I just 
think in the back of my mind, they need more time an opportunity to do all of these wonderful fine motor activities that I have intentionally and carefully set out in my classroom. And eventually they will stop using two hands. So it's not the end of the world, don't worry. And when your kids have well-developed fine motor skills, they'll be able to open, close, and cut with scissors like a pro. But don't bounce yet because I have a free printable coming up just for you all about fine motor skills. And if you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Or if you're watching on YouTube, mash that great big subscribe button. So here's the printable I promised. This is my fine motor skills parent handout. Now, you can use it with your parents, the parents of your students, or you can use it for your own purposes internally in your classroom or school. And what I've done here is to lay out some of the best activities that parents can do at home or you can do in the classroom to support the development of those super important fine motor skills. And for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see the printable right here on the screen. And if you prefer that it was in black and white rather than color, all you have to do is hit grayscale on your printer and it will print in black and white. So some of the activities listed here in this fine motor skills parent handout are of course, playing with Play-Doh, using a rolling pin, rolling snakes using the palms of their hands, rolling Play-Doh into tiny balls, using a spray bottle. This is one of my favorites I didn't mention earlier, but is so easy to do both at home and at school. Now at home, parents can invite their kids to spray plants if they have them. It doesn't matter if those plants are indoors or outdoors, just the act of using a spray bottle is super beneficial for developing those fine motor skills. Um, in the classroom, I invite children to take them out to the playground so they can quote unquote water the grass, if you will, um, or they can squirt the shrubs or whatever you have out there. Um, it doesn't really matter. I like to have something living in my science center and it's usually a plant. So they're invited to spray that plant as well, as long as you're aware that overwatering can kill some plants. And if you live in a very cold climate where you get a lot of snow, add a little food coloring to the water in the winter, let them take it out and color the snow and make beautiful designs. And on page two, because just a one page printable isn't enough for you, it's a freebie by the way, um, there's a second page. Um, and you can do this if you wanna send it home to parents or use it during parent conferences or during a parent um, education night. Um, you can print just one and send that home one time and then the second one another time, or you can use both of them for parent conferences, however you want. But um, using a stringing things like Cheerios or macaroni on yarn is great, super easy to do. Um, tearing paper. That sounds so basic, and we're gonna get more into that in part two of this podcast, where I actually go into how to introduce the scissors to your students and what exactly they should be cutting and how they should be cutting it, and that will come in part two. So make sure you're subscribed. And then of course, the picking up objects like cotton balls or pom-poms with clothespins, that's listed here. And then transferring those objects from one place to another, because not just picking them up isn't enough. Now we want to put them somewhere, right? And then of course, 
once your children have some development of those muscles and they're ready for scissors, cutting junk mail, especially those things that are printed on cardstock, um, are great for practicing fine motor skills. Uh, cutting straws is another one I neglected to mention earlier. Um, cutting those paper straws that you find often in the um, Target Bullseye Playground is another great way um, to help children use scissors, but in a more supportive way because the paper is thicker and um, the, the paper straws are also great resistance. They offer great resistance when children cut them. So don't forget to download the free printable. If you are listening, just go to pre-kpages.com and type fine motor skills parent handout in the search box. And if you're watching on YouTube, just look in the video description below this video and you will find a link to this free printable. So that's all for this episode of Elevating Early Childhood. And if you wanna learn more about how to teach preschoolers to use scissors, then you're gonna to wanna to stick around for episode two. Until next time, I'm Vanessa Levin, Onward and Upward. Thank you so much for listening to Elevating Early Childhood. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer raw and uncut right here on the podcast? All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and follow these three simple steps. Step one, leave an honest rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. Step two, in that review, ask anything you want related to early childhood education. And step three, if you'd like a shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name for me right there in your review. That's it. Easy squeezy, lemon peasy. Then listen in each week for a chance to hear your question answered right here on the podcast. Until next time, I'm Vanessa Levin from Elevating Early Childhood. Onward and upward.